0: It says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Meditating on the Word of God is one of the most important, uh, I'm going to call it a skill, because it is uh, something that we can uh, develop in the sense that we can get better and better and better at it. But it's also a discipline. It's something that we have to uh, train ourselves to do as, as it relates to a deliberate, intentional act. And this particular passage is, is one that I would highly recommend you committing to memory and you spending some time meditating, amen. And, and one of the definitions for, for meditate is to mutter to oneself, to mutter to oneself, just, just under your breath where, where you're muttering. And, and, of course, we're fearfully and wonderfully made, and, and, and after all, God created us, and so He knows how He uh, created us to function. And one of the things that, that we see is that speaking is, is a key way to bring thoughts captive. If the devil brings uh, his lies and, and anxious thoughts to you, we bring those thoughts captive by speaking the truth. Not, don't try to fight him thought for thought. Okay, uh, When the thought comes, you need to confess out of your mouth the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. If it's a word sword, how do you swing it? You swing it by speaking, by saying out of your mouth, amen. And so we withstand the enemy, we we stand against him, we we take a defensive position with the armor of God upon ourselves, but then we also uh, swing the sword offensively uh, at him by speaking the word of God. Now, we know from the parable of parables, the one that Jesus taught about the sower sowing the word, is that the Word is like seed and our hearts are like soil. And we know from Isaiah that the Word of God contains within it the power to prosper and increase in the thing for which God sent it. Amen. And so I'm saying all that to say the, the Word of God has much to say about our fellowship with God, our fellowship with one another, our love for God and our love for one another how these things are related to one another how they're connected to one another for an example uh, we abide in love we abide in God Um, we love God by loving one another if you want to do something really nice for God today do something really nice for one of his children because he takes it personally amen (laughs) in other words it's a it's it's an act of kindness to him so you can't love God and not love your brother the Bible is very clear about this And so as we meditate these things, the power to produce the benefit and the results of these things in our lives, in our families, and in our family of faith, right, is within those words. And so uh, sometimes we plant. I'll tell you what we do probably more than anything else on on Wednesday nights because you folks are are serious students and disciples and followers of Jesus, is we water. We do a lot of watering. Amen. And I'm just going to tell you just giving glory to the Lord, uh, the roots of fellowship, as, it, as it's revealed to us in the Word of God, have never been deeper in my heart and in my life, and have never produced more uh, fruit, and, and by fruit, some of the initial things that fellowship with God produces is assurance, confidence, peace, joy, rest, amen. And and I'm, I am personally experiencing, and I pray that you are as well, I am personally experiencing levels and degrees of that in, in my own life and walk with the Lord that, that I have never uh, experienced and, and consistently. Amen. And so I am, I am just so excited ab- about this Word uh, and what Father is saying to us. Um, he spoke to me many years ago. We went through kind of a, a challenging, difficult time here uh in in servant leadership at 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 heritage and 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 the lord said these words to comfort me and he'll comfort you if you'll let him amen he said these words to comfort me he said i've got something very special in store for those who stay with you and um i don't say that a lot because i you know people come and go for different reasons and and that's between them and, and the lord and and there can't be freedom in the house if there's not freedom to come and also freedom to leave amen and, and yet the lord said i've got something very special in store for those who who stay with you, and I really and genuinely believe in my heart. He told me that many years ago and and i 've held that word i 've believed that word i 've continued to confess that word and stand on that word. Um, Brother Donald during last uh, pastor appreciation day, he stood right here and he pointed at me and he said he said, What you've believed God for and, and what it's going to come to pass and and uh, I know what some of that is. I know some of it is I uh, hasn't seen or hasn't heard, nor is it in the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love him. But I, I genuinely believe, I genuinely believe that this fellowship piece, amen, this fellowship piece is, is, is the critical piece, uh, the missing link, if you will. I'll even say it that way, um, <clears throat> that is necessary for us to experience Um, the greater works of jesus the the um because man i've got so many notes and so many things i want to talk about tonight but let me this is these are some things that thoughts that i've been you know again meditating they're solidifying uh the lord's showing it to me in 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 the scriptures confirming it uh in, in just deeper ways you understand what i mean because again you're students of the Word. You know things, and then the Lord shows you even more about it, and then He shows you even more about it, and then He shows you even more about it, and then He shows you something. You're like, do I even know anything about this yet? I mean, it's just the depth of it and the and the eternal uh, nature of it. Amen. And this is one of the things that the Lord, and I mentioned a little bit of this last week, and I'm not really, I guess, fully prepared yet to just tear off into two or three sermons on it, But, but I just want for you and me to understand how... How big this is, and how important this is to to the heart of of our heavenly Father, and 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 it's simply this. And I know that when he first began to sh- speak this to me, you know, I'm like, okay, Lord, I, I believe that's you, but let's Holy Spirit show it to me in Scripture, show it to me in Scripture, show it to me in Scripture. But <clears throat> this is this is, and he said it to me a couple of different ways that basically all come back to the same to the same thought. Okay, and that is this: fellowship is the ultimate why. Fellowship is the ultimate why, W-H-Y. And when I say it's the ultimate why, okay, um, start from the very beginning. Why did God create the heavens and the earth? (laughs) Well, there's all kinds of answers to that. But the ultimate answer is He created it for you and me so that it literally, the universe, the universe is the venue. It's the arena, it's what God created and then put us in it, right, for fellowship. Why did he create you and me? Why do we exist? There's all kinds of answers that we could give, but the ultimate why he created you and me is fellowship. He created you for fellowship. And we talked about this a little bit last week. You know, all of these very important things, prayer, prayer. Why prayer? Fellowship. Why obedience? Fellowship. Rebellion against God hinders the fellowship, what He desires most uh, for you and from you. So, with that said, we we can't exaggerate the importance of this subject. And one of the mistakes, I think, that the body of Christ has made for generations and continues to make to this day, maybe even more so now in this quote-unquote information age, when there's more content, there's more content. And, I'm, and I don't just mean, you understand, you understand content like, you know, on the Internet, on social media. Uh, there's, there are more people uh, saying more things to more people than ever in the history of humankind. Amen. Are you good? Or y'all want to hear this tonight? Are y'all okay? Okay. More people saying more things to more people than ever in the history of humankind. And, and and there's a lot of good content out there. There's a lot of bad content, but there's a lot of good content. There's a lot of concepts out there. And by concepts, the, the, the word, the, the Lord dropped those. He dropped three words in, in my heart, content, concepts. I'll give you the third one in just a second, okay? And And he said that we're looking... We're looking for answers in concepts and content, okay? So a concept would be an idea, a notion, information, concepts and con- uh, content, concepts and content. And, and I appreciate education. I think education uh, is, is a good thing, but you do realize you do realize that there is more educated people. i mean you go back to jesus's day an educated man or a woman an educated man was a rare thing an educated woman was a unicorn i mean just just wasn't there okay um and so we see all of these quote-unquote um uh you know progress that we've made in, in so many different areas. You know, we're supposed to be so much more civilized. We're supposed to be so much more educated. We're supposed to be so much more well-informed. And and, and I, again, I'm not knocking all these things, but see, this goes back to mankind is looking to concepts and to content, information, ideas, uh, notions, plans, you know, things that we can come up with for, uh, you know, to solve the problems that we have. You, you do realize, despite, despite being more educated than ever before, more information available than ever before, more concepts and ideas coming out, you know, at an unprecedented rate, uh, our country is more dysfunctional than perhaps it's ever been. And I, again, I'm not I'm not trying to rail against that. I'm just I'm just trying to show you that we're despite. Listen to me now. Despite a whole lot of that content. I'm not, listen to me please, listen to me please, okay? I'm not, I don't want you to think that I'm, I'm bashing this. Um, the, the information age would call me a content creator, okay? I mean, I don't, I don't know how many, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, uh, just with the new website, I think it's over 700 uh, different you know, pieces of content, worship services and sermons that, that we've put out on the World Wide Web. And, you know, I may be a little biased, but I think that's some pretty important content. Are you hearing me? And, and so even when we talk about, you know, the content of the Bible as precious and as wonderful and as beautiful as it is. So I said three words, content, concepts. Right, But we have the content and the concepts without the context. OK, you follow me? without the context what is context context is everything that you need to know in order to see something as it truly is context right are you still with me context see <clears throat> there can be no meaning without context some of you have heard me say this before All right. we see and I think it's Psalm 14 Psalm 53 both say there is no God And I know that may surprise you, but it's true. Those two verses say there is no God. But unless you know what the full verse says, that may surprise you, okay? But if you know what the full verse says, you know that the full verse says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Now, does the Bible say there is no God? Yes. But notice what's happened. We've separated that from the fool has said in his heart and we've just taken that one piece out of context so the context of a thing is what comes before it what comes after it again all the information you need to know what something truly is to know to know the truth about it and so what i think not just the world but even those who are born again and who are father's children is that we do not have the proper context, right? We don't have the context, and therefore we, we don't know how to make sense. So watch this. If you don't have context, but you focus on content and concepts, all the content and concepts do is make you more confused and more frustrated. You're just more confused and more frustrated because it's the context of these things that enable us to make sense of them so when i say it's the ultimate why why did jesus become your sin and die for you why did he do that this there's all kind of, well you know god loved us okay why does he love us so much in those is is it in other words without the context and so what's the context the context is fellowship it's fellowship here, here, here's one. I mean, I'm just. Is this okay if we just do this tonight? Amen. Watch this, okay? If you believe what a lot of people say as to why we're here and the and the meaning of life, if you believe what people, a lot of people get, you know, wrong answers, incorrect, incomplete answers, out of context answers from the scriptures. Um, I had a gentleman the other day I was teaching, and and uh, and he just. You know, I was teaching about God wanting to bless us and prosper us and all that stuff. And he just hollered out, you know, it's okay. I mean, he hollered out, he created us for us to obey him. You know, I'm like, like he was all irritated at me, obviously disagreed with me. And he made that abundantly clear after class that how much he had, he disagreed with me. Okay. All right. So is is obedience important? Man, you better know it's important. Okay. But see, obedience is a concept that means nothing without context. Okay. Do you realize how many people are trying to obey God because they're trying to stay in His good graces so that He might do something for them down the road? Do you realize how broken that is? Do you realize how incorrect and wrong that is? It's it's as wrong as the Bible says there is no God. I mean, it's, it's that wrong. It's that incorrect. But again, see... We think we just need more information. We just think we need a better sermon. We just think we, we need somebody to give us the points in a more understandable way so we can do a better job at following them. It, let, let's go back to it. Remember what the Holy Spirit t- said through Paul to us? He said, "There's no problem with the law. The law is right. The problem is with us. We couldn't keep the law. There was a flaw in us, law of sin and death, that prevented us from keeping the laws that God gave to us through Moses, therefore." comes the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus but watch this now if all he created us for was to obey him then how silly was God to create us with the ability to rebel if he just created us to do menial tasks that he got tired of doing for himself then why would he ever create us with the capacity to say no why would he ever so again the ultimate why. Why did God create us with a free will? Why did God create us to say yes to Him and also with the ability to say no to Him? See, you'll never understand so many of the things that the Bible teaches. Again, this wins you not crowd, and there's some people watching online. If, if you read the Bible very carefully, God calls you a God. It's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. No, I, I can't believe it. Heresy. We had, we, I don't know how many years ago, you know, there were people who left the church when I just mentioned that, you know, in a few sermons. I mean, it's like, can't agree with that. I ain't going to say that. That's cult. That's this, that's that. Okay. All right. So now, does the Bible say it? Yes. Did Jesus confirm it? Yes. yes. Okay. So, if we don't know what something means... If we don't know what to do with something that the Bible clearly says, guess what we're missing? Context. context. There can be no meaning without context. So when I say that the, that the ultimate why, the ultimate answer to every hard question you would have from our own existence to why God would say and then confirm by His Son that He looks at us and calls us gods when He stands in amongst His people, He stands in the congregation of the mighty... And judges among the gods. I said you were gods, but you will fall like one of the princes because of the rebellion in your heart. God speaking, God saying all this. Well, God's wrong. Are you kidding me? God's not wrong. God said it. See that he made you in such a way that he made you just barely beneath himself. And the message translation says you narrowly missed being God is how much like him you are. Now again, yeah, There are people that, I mean, it... They would they would run from a building where that's being preached like their hair's on fire. I mean, it's like, can you believe Margaret? He's saying all that stuff. I didn't say it. God said it. Why is it so inflammatory? Why is it so, uh, according to religion, controversial? But what Brother Donald teach me, it's not controversial. It's confrontational. See, the truth of God is confronting... Uh, Our ignorance, (laughs) the truth of God, is confronting uh, our uh, cowardice. The truth of God is confronting our desire to be accepted when we go to family reunion at Thanksgiving and not be looked at as somebody who believes some, you know, crazy, wild, over-the-top doctrine. Why? See, again what do we need? We need context. What's the context? Fellowship. Fellowship will answer every question you have. I'm just telling you, every, every, everything you look at in the scriptures that, that you know, man, I, why would God do that? Why did he create you in his image and his likeness? I mean, I think he's pretty much showed us in creation that he is very creative. And He can create all different shapes and sizes and forms and things with two legs and things with a thousand legs and things that are big and things that are small and things that breathe in the water and things that uh, swim in the water but still breathe oxygen like you and me. and I mean, just the diversity of our world and, and, and all the different things that God created and the way that He created them, all of that, among other things, all of that points to you and me in, in the sense that when it came to the way He created us, it was, it was not random. It was not, you know, that he you know, got some funny feeling in his left leg that morning and decided to, you know, do something he was later going to regret. No, all of this, all of this was a part of an eternal plan. So here is the, uh, the ultimate context. See, when it comes to written or verbal communication... When we say there is no God, the Bible says there is no God. What are we doing? We're leaving out what comes before that. So when we're talking about finding the context, everything you you need to know to understand something, right? Let me come back to that. Let me say this. Jesus said at John 8, Passion Translation, He said, I know where I came from. I know who I am, and I know where I'm going. Can I offer to you that that he lived his life on this earth with context? He, He knew where he came from. He knew who he was, and he knew where he was going. And despite the devil's best efforts, couldn't convince him otherwise couldn't convince him otherwise okay now so context then this is more written and verbal communication but context if you're going to take a verse in context you need to see what the bible says above it you need to see what the bible says beneath it paul by the holy spirit talked to the corinthians about people who handle the word of god deceitfully now you know, I don't know how many sermons that I've preached here in the last, uh, I don't know, what, 25 plus years. And and especially some of those early ones, you know. <laughs> amen. Thank you all for those of you who've been here from the beginning for being patient with me while we all learned and grew together, okay? Um, but it's, it's different than misstating something versus handling it deceitfully, okay? Handling it deceitfully. So if you take something out of context, that would be an example of handling the Word of God deceitfully, which basically means you're cherry-picking certain phrases or or verses to make it say what you want it to say rather than what it actually says, okay? Now, with that said, I want to make this one uh, disclaimer here because we see that the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul um, did this, and that is in other words if it weren't inspired by the Holy Spirit you could make a case for the Apostle Paul taking things out of context right? Cursed is every man who hangs on a tree well that was written way before crucifixion are you following me? and, and so the literal meaning of that would be like hung from a tree like hanging someone but now in Jesus' case he was hung from a tree in a, in a crucifixion sense are you with me? Okay, so there are times. I, here's a, I've used this example before. I remember when um, <clears throat> my grandmother, my dad's dad, my dad, my dad's mother, my grandmother. We call her the original Mamo. We call my mother Mamo because um, my grandmother on my dad's side was. We called her Mamo, and um, <clears throat> obviously, when she passed, it was a, uh, a sorrowful time. And dad went to the word, and the Lord directed him to the place where Jesus said of um, Jairus' daughter, she's not dead, she's only sleeping. Now, again, (laughs) some would make an argument that's out of context, but in that particular situation, the Holy Spirit took those words, and it became a rhema word to my dad that her body was asleep, but she was with him in heaven and it became very comforting to him are you picking up what i'm putting down tonight? okay all right so let me let me finish here and then and then we'll um we'll pray over this praise god so context then involves what comes before and what comes after so you need to pay attention because a lot of times you'll be reading in the scriptures especially in the writings of Paul where he uses therefore a lot therefore there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus that's in chapter 8 that's Romans chapter 8 verse 1 Okay, that therefore is tying you back connecting you back to what started in chapter 1 Chapter 1, he put the black velvet cloth on the counter. Chapter 2, midway through chapter 3, he pulls out, but the righteousness of God is revealed from heaven and put the diamond, and begin to put the diamond jewelry on that black cloth about explaining our redemption and our justification and our propitiation and our reconciliation until he comes to chapter 8, verse 1, where he says, therefore, in other words, in light of everything the Holy Spirit just said to you, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Do you see how that works? Alright. So, when we look at our existence, I'm talking about your life, my life, our reality here on this earth, okay? Context for our existence begins with, okay, what came before us. I'm talking big picture now. And what's coming after what we're calling the age of the earth or, you know, this earth age. I'm talking about, when I say before, I'm talking about before Garden of Eden. When I talk about after, I'm talking about after everything on this earth is said and done. Okay? Okay. So before we know there was God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen? And the Holy Spirit has revealed uh, to us uh, that we need to understand God, obviously many names of God, okay? But that one of the key things for us to understand about Him is that He is an eternal community. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. An eternal community, and they dwell in absolute, come on, say it to me, communion an eternal community dwelling in absolute communion all right so again i mean no disrespect but i mean god the father god the son god the holy spirit be bopping along for millennia after millennia after millennia after millennia after millennia after millennia after millennia millennia millennia, okay all right enjoying one another's company enjoying one another's fellowship uh in, encompassing one another with glorifying love, because God is love. Um, not feeling threatened, uh, you know, giving themselves completely to one another, and and just the the, the wonder and the joy, and 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 because God, we know God expresses and experiences joy. God experiences and expresses uh, peace, and and all of these emotions that God's experiencing, and so at some point. At some point, after all these millennia, because remember, God's without beginning, without end. He's not a man. Amen. He's, he's without beginning, He's without end. And at some point, He said, you know, it's, it's, it's time we let somebody else in on this. Right? It wouldn't be right for us to keep this all to ourselves. Okay? Now, if I had preached what I came here thinking I was going to preach tonight, we would have talked about a oneness mindset in greater detail, and one of the things that we see about a oneness mindset—you got to understand this—because remember, the oneness mindset, the oneness mindset is how we is how we function as one with God and with others. Okay, you got to have a oneness mindset, and one of the key things about a oneness mindset is that a oneness mindset is never satisfied with just individual. Blessing or prosperity, okay. I'll tell anybody that wants to listen to me. God has blessed me. God has prospered me. God has has promoted me. He has exalted me. Amen. Um, and I am so thankful. I am so thankful. And you know, I had a friend that was um, really kind of railing against prosperity preachers. You know, and I, and I, I really, I was like. Lord, I don't want to use the gift you've given me to just cut him off at the knees, you know. But it's like trying to just be as respectful and as gentle as I can. It's like, because he's a very prosperous man. I'm like, well, who prospered you then? I mean, you know, you're you're so opposed to the prosperity gospel. You're looking pretty prosperous from my position here, brother. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of, you know. um, But see, here's the thing, though. And see, a relationship mindset um, we'll take what somebody else is in order to be more prosperous. Okay? We'll use other people to get more. But a oneness mindset, you're not satisfied just being blessed yourself. You're not satisfied until everybody's blessed that you're in fellowship with. You're not satisfied until everybody that you're in fellowship with is prospering. And see, that comes from God. That comes from God. And and at some point he's like, um, I don't know how I could glorify you anymore, Father, and I I don't know how I could love you anymore, and and, um, and 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 Holy Spirit, I don't know how I could yield to you anymore. But I'm gonna keep. I'm just gonna keep trying for millennia after millennia after millennia after millennia. And so God says, you know what? It's time we just brought somebody else in on this. Why why don't we, why don't we come come uh, create a being in our own image and likeness? Are you seeing this, right? Why don't we create a being in our own image and likeness? I mean, so close to being us, uh, so 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 uh, comparable to us that they can be compatible with us and, and and invite them in to come be a part of what we've enjoyed for all of eternity up until this point, and let's let them be a part of it and enjoy it with us for all of eternity future. Amen. This, this was the plan of God, okay? Now, that's what, I could go on about that, but that's what came before. Now, we, don't, we know some, we don't know everything that God has planned after the earth as we know it. You know, Somebody said global warming. I don't know about all that stuff. I think some of that's political. But what we do know from the scriptures is that there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And this earth's going to one day melt like wax, okay? I mean, so it's, you think it's hot now, it's going to get hotter, okay? But watch this now. What came before began in a garden. And if you read the book, capital T, capital B, closely, it ends at a wedding reception with you and me as the bride, arm in arm. With Jesus. Are you seeing this? Now I'm talking about context, meaning of life. What is it all about? What does it all mean? Well, it began with an eternal community in absolute communion, wanting to create you compatible and comparable to them, compatible with them, so that you could get in on what they've enjoyed for all of eternity and what we see. Is at the end of this life, at the end of this life, is you and me one with Jesus. Who's one with the Father. Who's one with the Holy Spirit. That they may be one in us, John 17. People read that, they don't mean that. That ain't what that means. It is exactly what that means. But see, you're confused by it. You're looking for somebody to give you some angle to explain it away. Because you don't understand the context of fellowship. He forgave your sin. Stand with me tonight. He forgave your sin. He forgave my sin for His sake. For His sake. Treat you like your sin never happened. Why? Why would He do that? Why would He be punished and go to hell for you as you... Why? The ultimate why. Fellowship. See, we... we let me just say it, okay? You, we have no idea. We're getting there. We, we're growing in it. But if we're right here, okay, God is like 40 stories in comparison, okay, as to our understanding of how much He desires fellowship compared to how much He desires fellowship with you and me. That's what he's interested in, my friend. That's what he's interested in. See, we we think about stuff and things and what can God give us and what can God do for us. He's like, are you kidding? I I breathe stars out of my mouth. Why would you ever think that I'm going to leave you without, right? Jesus told me, have you considered the birds, folks? Have you considered the flowers? Do you have any idea? Do you have any idea? How Father desires to provide for you, clothe you, bless you. He said that, there, that Solomon in all of his glory wasn't arrayed like, like one of them. Okay, So he's talking about you having some fine threads. How should the bride of Father God dress on the earth? If your daughter married into a family of billionaires... What kind of car do you think they would put her in? What kind of house says do you think she would live in? How upset would you be if your daughter married into a family of billionaires and they didn't even give her something to eat? I'm just trying to show you something here, right? See, you'll never understand prosperity until you understand fellowship. Well, I'm just going to. So much inequity, so much blah, blah, blah. <laughs> If your daddy was a multi-trillionaire, right? I think you'd have some pretty nice stuff. Amen. Am I right about it? Yes, you are. are you thinking about it here? Yes. See, we we try to make it all about this and that, and what's fair and what's not fair, and all. See, wrong context wrong context father you're good to us thank you for loving us thank you father for just um, helping us tonight lord see in a deeper way lord in a, in, a, in a greater way in a in a less limited way father how much you desire fellowship with us the price you've paid what you've given, what you've done, what you've said. I mean, Father, going all the way back to, I mean, what does it say about your plans for us when step one was create a universe? It's where you start. Step one, let's we've got to create a laboratory, got to create a venue, got to get an arena built to put all this in and let it all unfold in. And yet, Father, here we are. Here we are. Faith, Father, never, ever, ever reach the full potential of our faith without the context of fellowship, Lord. Can't believe what somebody said more than you believe the person who said it. Learning from you, thank you. Learning about you, yes. But fellowship is about learning of you. Learning of you. Learning of you. So we've call, you've called us to the fellowship of your Son. Lord, I believe I'm speaking to some folks tonight who have said and will continue to say yes to that call. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for being here tonight. You be blessed. Sounds like get a little pitter-patter on the, on the roof. So angels on assignment as you drive home tonight. Amen. What does Brother Copeland say? We love you, God loves you, and Jesus is Lord. So you be blessed, and good things coming.